Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. Did you know that the first Afrikaans language newspaper in South Africa was founded by a Jew? Also, did you know that even before there was an organized Jewish community, individual Jews were at the forefront of pioneering a free press in South Africa? To tell me more about this, I have the veteran journalist and editor Owen Manoim. Owen has written a piece on this on the, in the latest edition of Jewish Affairs, focusing on the role Jews have played in the South African newspaper industry. Owen, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me. Thanks very much, Cherise, for inviting me. Owen, what motivated you to write on this topic? Well, these days I teach uh, media history and media theory in the journalism department at WITS. Uh, and some years ago I was invited by Jewish Studies at UCT to speak at a conference on Jews in the media around the world as the South African representative, and that's where it started. And was it difficult to uncover? Because you go right back to the 18, kind of 1800s, almost when the first press in South Africa started. It was difficult because although a great deal has been written about the journalists and the media in South Africa, uh, the Jews do not figure very prominently, although, in fact, they played a significant role. So, for example, a great deal has been written about the history of Drum magazine, and there are all sorts of famous figures there, but one that is scarcely mentioned is Sylvester Stain. He was a Jewish editor and was responsible for many of the major innovations, such as Drum magazine's fiction. And you've got a lot of really interesting characters in the story, and I really urge people to read the article. You can get it online on the Jewish Board of Deputies website. It's the latest copy of Jewish Affairs. And there's some very, really interesting characters among them. Um, Craig is indicating maybe we should have a break now, and then when we come back, look at just some of the characters who made up our past. Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. And I'm talking to Owen Manoyam, who is a veteran journalist and former editor. And um, he's written an amazing article in Jewish Affairs where he looks at very uh, definitive characters in our early history, such as Joseph Suasa de Lima, the pioneer of the Afrikaans language press, or parliamentarian and Cape Press founder Saul Solomon. For me, what was particularly interesting because I come from Pretoria is that the Pretoria News had a Jewish journalist and founder. What, who for you is the most interesting of these characters? Um, well, the most important perhaps is Isidore Schlesinger um, because he became uh, the most important media magnate in South Africa and yet he's completely forgotten. He um, ran the biggest ad agency in South Africa. He founded a broadcasting company called ABC which was so successful that the government nationalized it and turned it into the SABC. Sure. He also founded a, a number of newspapers, the Daily Express, the Sunday Express, the Daily Tribune, the Sunday Tribune, of which the Sunday Tribune is the only survivor, which uh, were so successful they may well have made him the major press owner in South Africa. But this is a, a, during a period of massive anti-Semitism, 1939. Uh, he came under attack uh, in both the foreign and local press. Uh, 
And the Jewish Board of Deputies worried about anti-Semitism, worried that his newspapers were increasing the anti-Semitism, urged him to sell. He sold his, all his media holdings four months before the war broke out. If he'd held on just a little bit longer, he might well have been the most significant media owner in South Africa. When we look at that, that, that early history, you see um, Jews clearly on the side of either the Boers, um, kind of uh, President um, Paul Kruger's Yurtzer, uh, or on the side of the um, British and the mining industry. How did Jews find allegiance at that time? Well, of course, David Sachs is the <laughs> expert on this subject. Uh, Boer, you know, Jews did fight for the Boers. I think it had to do with the fact that uh, somebody like Emanuel Mendelssohn, who uh, was founder of one of the earliest newspapers, the Standard and Diggers News, was never a mining magnet. He was uh, – he founded the first theater. He founded the first music shop. His wife was the town's one and only opera singer. He was the major figure in the Jewish uh, religious community. I think there's a plaque still to him to this day at Volmerant Street. Uh, and because he arrived very early, his allegiance was to Paul Kruger. He got a lot of government advertising that increased his allegiance. When we look at newspapers today, we can see clear biases among them, you know, especially specifically here in South Africa today. But it seems that's always been the trend of newspapers. Has there ever been a newspaper that was there to inform the public? Or are all newspapers developed to kind of promote a certain ideology? Well, there is no such thing as neutrality. Um, all newspapers are produced on the assumption that they are there to inform the public, and there are always other people who consider them to be propaganda. <laughs> um, the star considered itself to be uh, the voice of reasonable centrism. Um, so the answer is uh, it's always highly contested territory. You've been in the media industry yourself, obviously. Um, you must have known many of the characters that you describe in the book um, that come out at a later time. And you talk uh, here of Johnny Johnson, who was quite a character in and of himself. Um, to what extent did the fact that you knew so many of them influence the kind of way that you wrote, as opposed to the earlier ones who you might not have even known about previously? Well, I, I was fortunate in that I didn't work for Johnny Johnson. No, I'm not saying you worked, but you must have known. <laughs> um, yes, uh, <laughs> but uh, I did work, for example, for Joel Mervis, who was the most famous editor of the Sunday Times and in many ways the man who turned the Sunday Times into what was regarded as the Jewish newspaper in South Africa. And uh, he was a very autocratic and distant figure in the days when people had great respect for respect for great men but as a very junior person i happened to be parked right outside his door so i got to see a lot of him and uh, i had to for example type his articles for him because he couldn't type he hand wrote everything and yes he was a huge influence um, just uh, the way the sort of seriousness with which he approached things, checked that the facts were right and so on. And do you think the media, uh, do you think people still read newspapers and do you think newspapers are under any threat? 
Um, no, news, people do not read newspapers. <laughs> um, do people read at all? <laughs> people do read. People do read an enormous amount, and they read an enormous amount of news, but they're reading it on Facebook and social media. They are not reading newspapers. Some years ago, I had to give a speech at the Great Hall. There were 1,000 postgraduate students in the hall, and I said, how many of you read a newspaper or have read a newspaper in the last two weeks? And perhaps 10 people put mm. up their hands. Do you think newspapers will go extinct? What surprises me is that they haven't already <laughs> gone extinct. Because it is why, – why do you think that is the case? I mean, the, for me, and it might just be because of my age, there's nothing quite like having a newspaper in your hand, you know, seeing where things are placed, looking at the photos that accompany it. it it's much more enjoyable an experience than reading it online. Indeed. I agree with you entirely, but unfortunately my, none of my students do. <gasps> Not a single student I have had in the last four or five years reads a newspaper. Really? And these are journalism students. So, so clearly newspapers are on their way They're out. They're on their way out, yeah. And then I'd just like to know, um, you talk in your book about um, a lot of journalists. You talk about women journalists. And obviously at the time when you mentioned Drum Magazine, a lot of young black South African journalists, and I'm thinking now of Sophie, is it Nduma? I met her daughter, okay. Clementine. And do we remember, are journalists who contributed so much to the struggle, are they remembered? Do you think enough is being done for them? Um, well, um, I'm, I'm working with my colleague Anton Harbour on a book which uh, celebrates great journalism and great journalists in South Africa, for example. Um, a great deal has been written about the journalists on Drum Magazine. Um, we have historians who've gone back and uh, discovered all sorts of fascinating, very early missionary writing from the 19th century and even earlier. So work is being done, but it's yes, it's not widely known. And um, you are now studying, is that right, further at the Mendel Captain School? Yes. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm working at WITS, but I'm doing research into various uh, stuff for the Kap at the Kaplan Center. What I'm interested in is um, what you might describe as dissident groups within the Jewish community, um, rather the sort of groups who've thrown a pebble into the water and caused ripples. I'm looking at liberals in early Johannesburg Orthodox circles, the ones who had female choirs. I'm looking at the founding of the uh, progressive movement in South Africa, the founding of the conservative movement, which tried to take off three times and failed. I'm looking at uh, black people who decide to become Jews, that kind of thing. So um, it's fascinating work. Um, this article is really, really, really interesting, and I urge um, everybody – to read it, and they can do so by going on the Jewish Board of Deputies website, www.sajbd.org, and they can find it under publications. Um, Erwin, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much for inviting me. That was Erwin Manoyam, who is um, a veteran journalist on his article in Jewish Affairs.